first of all, let's get your name out of the way. Um, because we were arguing over your last name. It's Tim. Oh, it's so originally when I was a little kid, my mom told me my last name was Jouet, like the French way. But it's my dad's last name, and so I didn't really know how to, so I just always told everybody it's Jewett. And then recently I was looking into it, and it might actually be Jewett and not Jouet. Okay. So my whole life I thought it was a French last name, and I looked into it, and I don't think it is. Okay, this is this is crazy. I mean, what are you gonna do? Right? <laughs> so I, I just tell everybody. I just tell everybody to do it, and then unless it's a girl, I say Jouet, So that sounds cool. <laughs> it's interchangeable now. Exactly. See, I like it. It has versatility. <laughs> so, so where does the name Jouet originate from? It comes from some colonel soldier in the Civil War, and then I didn't really see too much. It was, I just Wikipedia'd it. Gotcha. And it was something about that guy, and then because there's a USS Jewett in the uh, Navy, so a battleship named after him, and that's what I first saw. And then I look into where that name came from. It's spelled the same way as mine, where the French way has an extra e on it. Mm. <laughs> this is a dilemma. Wh- which one? <laughs> which one would you rather? I'll go. I'll go with Jewett. Just so it's easier. <laughs> right? The, the, hard, the hard J. <laughs> yeah. Well, you're here to talk. We want to talk to you about the importance of clean medicine. And who better to talk with us is Tim Duet. Tim Duet. From yeah. Oklahoma Medicine. How you doing, man? I'm good. Good. Thank you guys for having me. Excited Absolutely. To Thanks to you guys a little bit. Thanks for being on the show for sure, man. I, I, so we caught you while you were working out. Uh, yeah. Why did I got done? working? <laughs> <laughs> you're over there lifting. You're just trying to get ready for Thanksgiving dinner. Right. And, right. And it's going to be a <laughs> no, big not, weekend. No lifting, bro. I'm not. I was, taking i was doing a sauna sesh man that's that's where it's at <laughs> there you go there you go that's that's more of my form of working out for sure yeah. exactly you can get a sweat without actually doing anything so perfect it's like you're working smarter not harder hey i like that yeah yeah man so with that the you know the holiday thanksgiving's coming up everybody's gonna be eating a lot and Dude. i know i'm gonna be eating a lot of uh medicine yeah and okay so with that being said and everyone having that down that extra downtime and we know that people you know sometimes this is a big time um and on the more of like the edible side people are trying edibles and things like that they're more around they're a little more discreet around other family members mm-hmm. um and that is for those people who are getting together this year but that's why we kind of wanted to bring up the importance of clean medicine. So people out there could be, if they're being introduced into this side of medicating, what clean medicine is. So we wanted to have you on the show. So if you could kind of touch on a few, you know, of those processes and things like that, that help patients or help processors ensure that clean medicines are getting to the patients. Yeah, man, it's like such a, broad question not that you're asking a bad question or anything it's something that a lot of people just aren't knowledgeable about and so it all just starts with the starting material so where are the people who's making these edibles or who's making anything that you're consuming like what does that starting material look like is that pesticide free is that growing with the right like nutrients and stuff so it all starts with the growers 
And so typically in our industry and in a lot of the other rec and medicinal markets across the U.S., when the grower grows their flower before they either sell it to a patient or before they sell it to a processor, it typically has to get tested. So when they're testing it, they're looking for parts per million and lots of different things like either pesticides, molds, um, metals even. So they're really looking for anything like that. So it all starts with the grower. And then once a processor gets the medicine, it's really there's a lot of different things they can do to either contaminate it or to further refine it. Um, so it really depends on the extraction process and what you're doing that with. And then there's always arguments that certain extraction processes are superior than, than others. But honestly, they're all, if they're done right, you're going to get a clean mess in. So that's sure. just, yeah. And, and, so I don't really feel one, one's better than the other. And, <clears throat> and, and if I understand it right, I mean, because you're dealing with an herb from the moment that you're, that you've pulled, that you've harvested it, degradation starts to happen. And yes. processing is, you know, a lot of people do look down on it, but processing is really just the, I mean, is a preserving technique, correct? Uh, yeah, I would say kind of preserving and just kind of pulling out, like refining. Okay. So going from like um, fruit to liquor. Right. If you know what I mean. Yeah. So kind of like that, whereas like the degradation starts right as you harvest the plant. But so many people when they're talking about processing will argue about, fresh frozen or getting the plant extracted as fast as possible. And lots of times that degradation isn't, it's not happening super, super fast. Right. Um, there's, there's a lot of things that can factor that. Like if you're leaving material in the sunlight or if it's super warm, like there's a lot of things that could increase that speed. But if it's the materials handled correctly, it's not going to happen super fast. So that way, if you are processing something that wasn't harvested that week or something right away, you're still going to be able to pull out some, pretty good stuff and make pretty good medicine gotcha so yeah so how do how does one decide so uh, you know people are going into dispensaries right now collecting all of the things instead of just grabbing an edible that you see how does one decide what is a clean medicine yeah so that's um so Sorry, I'm going to piggyback and jump back a little bit of what I was talking about a second ago. Just after the, so when the processors get the medicine, before they process it into an edible or something, they're usually going to use an extraction method. And so not one or the other is better, but the most important thing is, is that you're really making sure you get anything out that you extracted with. Um, whether that be a sort of hydrocarbon like butane or propane or even stuff like alcohol left over from an ethanol or something. Just it's really important that the extractors and getting that out and then making that medicine. And so once they make that medicine, the state requires it's by law that they have to test every 10 pounds of product that they make. And so as a patient, when a patient goes into a dispensary to really find clean medicine, it's really just looking for a brand that it just sounds bad that looks reputable. And then you can really talk to the bud tenders or the people working in the dispensary. You can always ask for test results. So any any company that sells products to a dispensary, they should be able to provide test results pr proving how clean their product is. So it's not always the easiest way, but it is something that a patient can do. So I always, I always encourage patients to ask for uh, test results, not just because it's super, super important to have, but just because it needs to be more common in our industry. Um, it doesn't happen nearly enough. So sometimes you can go and ask for test results for a product in the dispensary 
might not have them because they didn't know they were required to get them when they got the product. And so, so it's really important. You can always ask for those test results. And it's really, really important for patients to be confident in doing that and for dispensary and bud tenders to really know that or be willingly providing those. So, for example, one of my favorite things is I've been into a dispensary and they'll have, like, next to their flower, the test results from the lab just next to the flower. Right. And so I know if, if I go to that dispensary, I can ask them, like, hey, if I want those gummies or if I want that peanut butter cup, can I see the test results for it? And they can provide it for me. Yeah, and I, and I think that brings up a good point that we've, you know, we've talked about before is the more and more that people become empowered to ask what's, be, you know, whether it be with cannabis or anything else is that becoming the culture to make people responsible for what they're putting across that counter. Um, so I love, I love that you touched on that. And that is something, you know, ask those bud tenders, bud tenders need to be educated. And if they're, if they don't know the answer nine times out of 10, if they're asked enough, they will go and seek out those answers. So um, for example, I, I met this bud tender recently. Um, we were talking to him about bringing him on as part of our sales team at our company. And he was telling me a story about how a patient asked him about a certain medicine and he wasn't very knowledgeable about it. He went home and researched it and came back and gave them the right medicine the next week. So it was really cool. Like, I think that just goes to show the importance of bud tenders really knowing what they're giving patients and treating it as a medicine. Lots of the bud tenders in the industry that I've seen, like they treat it as like they're working a regular customer service job, which is good. They should feel happy about their work but they really need to approach it as they're giving medicine to people right more of an an apothecary exactly yeah absolutely i couldn't agree with you more on that um i think that i think there's power in the words i don't know um but but being able i mean we're always so quick to give someone an answer even if it's the wrong one and then you know what 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 do we get out of that what is the take home other than misinformation miseducation that that person's now going to go on and spread with someone else um i completely agree with you i I love sometimes hearing when a guy behind the counter is i I don't know but let me look that up or let me do some research into it that's that's very reassuring to people out there because we're all kind of being cultural midwives uh, you know i guess to each other in this new cannabis industry <laughs> that's one way to put it yeah Man, yep. I mean, and, and, you know me being out and about and you know it may be because i have an h on my shirt or something like that but it, it seems to be shifting uh, you know especially on the outskirts of uh, it not uh, I mean, I'm, I love the metro areas. I'm not saying anything bad about that. I'm just saying like the, you know, it just seems like there are more and more of um, these shop owners that are very, very concerned about it as medicine and are becoming more educated themselves and wanting to educate their patients. And it's outstanding to see. Um, that's the one thing with our company, the, the biggest hurdle we've had to cross with getting our products into the market. We do make an edible lime, but our flagship product are our topicals and our tinctures. And the biggest hurdle we've come with is educating bud tenders and dispensary owners on how important those medicines are. Because oftentimes when a bud tender is working in a dispensary, they, someone comes in looking for something to alleviate pain, their go-to answer is to give them an indica. Absolutely. They don't really think about topicals or other things like that. So yeah, I think... It's so important for these dispensary owners and bud tenders just to really educate themselves or take the opportunity to let us or let people help educate. But yeah, it's, it's such a it's such a brand new market. Like it's not it's definitely going to mature eventually. It's just we're watching it happen. 
Yep. And uh, and and like I said, it it may have something to do with my shirt that I have on. I don't <laughs> yeah. know, um, but it just seems like it is shifting that way. Well, and and two, like I I think it's important with you know with with guys like Tim, um, just because it is a trick, it is like a it's a trickle down. Mm-hmm. Because when you have processors, oh, yeah. when you have processors that they're they're, they're educated, they're educated, yeah. and, and it's hugely important to these guys. They defend, like he said, you have guys out there defending with other processors that their their extraction methods are better than the others. That's a healthy argument to me. That's a healthy argument for the market to have because you you do have guys wanting to put out that cleanest process possible and things like that. It's good to have that competition. If it's on, if it always keeps the patient's best interest in mind, of course. Exactly. As long as it's an educated competition. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, yeah. that's, a, that's what normally comes out on top, right? Is the uh, education. Yep. Right. You know, so hopefully we all learn from something. <laughs> <laughs> well, but too, and I mean, not even trickle down, but it trickle up. I mean, how many yeah. people, you know, like Tim, like he, like he was saying that he's in, a dispensary and he sees a guy going a bud tender going and helping out a patient and you know how many times we've learned from someone that's behind the counter or just another patient you know james and i oh, just dude. having someone on the show like i literally it's almost like the tech industry and i say that a lot because every single day i am learning double what i learned the day before yeah oh yeah that's putting it lightly yeah and and you know we we've been behind patient first a lot of people i mean that's 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 it i mean patient first but i say we move forward Uh, i say we move on to cannabis first um you know whenever we're talking about healthy medicine um i say cannabis first uh uh, before i think about i think you're so right too like i think about so many times i've bought in marijuana or cannabis from places and like how bad it tasted or how harsh it was. And I was like, I wish that these are good, like cleaner medicine. This was one black market, but back in the day, but yeah, I just think if the industry had that approach and the clean cannabis was the end goal, it would just drive the whole industry a lot more forward. Yeah. Uh, and, and like I said, hopefully it's shifting that way. Well, and, and I, it, well, that's why I think it's important. Like, you know, we had talked about earlier about having that culture of asking where your flower comes from, where your product comes uh-huh. from. It's having making bud tenders, making processors, making growers responsible. Yeah. And that's where it starts. And I mean, honestly, you know, I and I don't even think this is just true in the cannabis market. I think it's true in every market that consumer is king and the consumer forgets that nine times out of ten. Oh, Um, yeah. So I think when you go in and you, you know, demand to know where things come from and it becomes that culture, you you start to see less of those backhanded products and things like that hitting the market. Of course, you know, I'm a dreamer sometimes when it comes to things like that. But I like, you know, like you said, we're seeing it happen. We're seeing it happen in real time. Definitely. And like as that people start asking those questions and start getting directed towards those good brands, they'll kind of feed out all the other yeah yeah so, all, the, all the non-clean stuff all the bad stuff right exactly so uh what 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 are you making what what's a dish that you're gonna make medicated josh 
that I make medicated. Yes. I don't, I'm, I'm still into my Levo machine, mm-hmm. so I don't think it'll be a dish. I'm still loving doing the infused oils, trying different blends and things like that. Um, it's What's the, a Levo machine. So it's basically, it's a, it's a cannabis oil infuser. Oh, nice. Um, but it's just more or less, I mean, basically what it is, it's a coffee pot meets a slow cooker. Yep. Um, and it just kind of infuses. You get to dispense it, and it just makes it a little bit more of a, I mean, it makes it a cleaner, That's simpler awesome. kind of process. It's awesome. So um, awesome. no particular dishes. I'm still just kind of fine-tuning my uh, my infusing process on that. I so a little bit of downtime. What do you use to infuse your oils? Is it just flour? Uh, just flowers so far. I want to start getting into some different herbs and things like that. Um, you know, cinnamon, um, just different. Um, I want, I wanted to, my initial idea was in, you know, you have a lot of tinctures that are on the market now, um, that are specific, you know, it's an indica, it's a specific strain specific. I wanted it to be more issue specific. I, want, I, gotcha. I wanted it to be, and not just sleep and awake. I wanted it to be more of one that was for diabetics. Um, if people had gout. Oh, so ailment. Right. Yeah, the, specific the, issues. I didn't want it to be, oh, you're awake or you're asleep or you're high or you're not. Right. Um, I yeah. want, I want it to cool. be That's... more rooted in a specific issue that someone's going through. Yeah. So that's kind of what I'm playing with, um, you know, at the same time, jobs and podcasts and all that kind of stuff going on, too. So it, I don't get in the kitchen as much as I'd like to. But like you mentioned, maybe a little bit of downtime during the holidays. That's what I hope to be doing for sure. There you go. James. Me? Yeah. What are you cooking up? <laughs> I'm, I'm, uh, I'm not even going to be I'm going to be. Uh... Uh, probably ordering pizza or something. <laughs> I, I have no one. I have no one. I'm all alone on Thanksgiving. Oh man, this t- <laughs> just took a downturn. <laughs> so I'll probably get really, really stoned, right? And um, maybe watch a movie or something. I haven't been able to do that in a couple of years, actually. <laughs> so just hang out. Well, that would be nice. Uh, yeah, maybe turn off my brain for a minute. Pump and, the brakes. Uh, yeah, I'll find something to eat though. I promise you. Right. I mean. You know, hey, I got you, man. All right, I'm, I'm bringing yeah. over to go plates. There you go. <laughs> and how about yourself, sir? What What are you gonna Are you gonna be cooking up anything special for the holiday? Ah, uh, thankfully I'm not cooking, but I'll be eating a lot. So I'm gonna one of my friends and his uh, wife are cooking some dinner. So I'm gonna go over there with their family and stuff my face. I'm just gonna eat some edibles before I go over there and eat all their food. Nice. See, that's <laughs> yeah. to me. That's I mean, well, and that's what the holidays are about. So showing exactly up, true. eating, and leaving. <laughs> right. <laughs> but you know, before before we were taking the call, James and I were kind of reminiscing about you know just childhood, this and that, and that's the that is one thing I miss about the holidays is just being able to show up, eat, <laughs> and go home. Man. So. Yep. Yes. Uh, <laughs> Dressing. I'm gonna have to make some dressing somehow. I don't know how, but I'll I'll figure it out. <laughs> Stove top. Yeah, there's always that. Right, right. Yeah, or it could you know. Yeah, anyway, well I'll figure it out. Right. We'll figure it out. Yeah. Yeah. It'll be a good Either time. Either way, 
Yeah. We're all going to be fat and happy. Exactly. Hey, and I think after this year, we all definitely deserve a little bit of downtime and enjoying being around loved ones, relaxing. Oh, yeah. It's, It's way more important than anything else. And we need to really, really um, uh, take advantage of that. I think this is going to be a good holiday for America. Yes, yes, Oh, yeah. I think the world needs it right now. Or a well-needed one, for sure. Well, exactly, yeah. is Is there nothing else that anybody can look at the label of anything that's edible and say, no, not for me? One of the things I... So as the industry moves forward, there's lots of rules and regulations. Um, for example, like companies that sell edibles that have to be sold and a child-proof packaging that's sea-proof. Um, I've seen edibles that are sold in saran wrap and Ziploc baggies. Um, I think the professionalism on like how edible is sold can sometimes relate to how well the company is ran. Agreed. I mean, that's not, that's not always the best. That's not the best answer for that question, but I feel like for me, I, I would not feel comfortable buying a cookie that came in saran wrap where if I can get something that came in a Mylar bag with childproof packaging that has a label on the front and the back with nutrition facts, I'd feel more comfortable with the second one. Yeah. Well, and I think, so. I think you, I mean, you, you've kind of put it perfectly is how, how, how important do they, t- you know, how do they take their product? How well did they want it to be perceived? And if it's wrapped in saran wrap, obviously not very well. Exactly, yeah. And I mean, if they're not taking the time to package it and let you know what's in it, and that's the other thing too that I find are red flags when people try to make ingredients hard to find on packaging. Oh, yeah. Impossible to read. You know, some of those, you know, some of the red flags that you also get, you know, in any other kind of, you know, food market or anything like that. But I, you know, those are always kind of big red flags to me as well. I guess if you really sit and think about it. (laughs) I mean, you got to get pretty like, like, man, I know what they're doing. They're they're hiding those ingredients from me, (laughs) Josh. I'm I'm just saying this. And I I won't. I mean, I, I, I was in a dispensary for a year and a half. And, and this, oh no, here comes the secrets. No, that, that, that's not what I'm saying. But I mean, and these, when I, the, the story that I'm going to tell you was a company that was doing everything or was saying that they were going to do everything in their power to do things the right way. Um, I didn't purchase from this particular company, but when they were talking about administering a preservative and that was the way it was put to me that they had to have someone, a specialist is what he told me, come in and show them how to administer it because in certain doses, it could actually cause you to get sick. So Yeah, that doesn't surprise me. Right, so that's what I'm saying. Like, I'm not saying that they're hatching a plan, but I'm saying that sometimes someone can easily be using a preservative that they don't know enough about I see. to not hurt something. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. But yeah, yeah I mean. Well, no, I was just giving you a, a hard time. Man. I know, I know. You know. <laughs> well, I was thinking about there's a company that uh, has ingestibles that has a ingredient inside of that's been known to cause cancer. But since no one's researched that and talked about it, it's, it's okay. Yeah, just because it's only in really small amounts. Mm, right. But yeah. So it's kind of like the same thing where, yeah, I, I would say. Now, I, I don't know how their ingredients are listed, but I would say, yeah, it's probably hard to see. Yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, I will, I mean, I will say this, though. I mean, I have... I've had edibles, I've had flour, I've had products from other 
areas of the country. I'm, I'm very proud of some of the stuff that's also coming out of Oklahoma here. Um, just because of the back end stuff. Some of the people that I know that are on the back end mm-hmm. of certain oh, products yeah. and the amount of TLC and the amount of just they're in every single step of the process. And it's so very cool to see. And I mean, some of these places are, you know, some of them are large scale, some are very small scale and craft, you know, production companies mm-hmm. and things like that. But I absolutely, it's very inspiring to see the amount of love put into some of the products here in Oklahoma. I mean, it's truly, truly inspiring. And it does put you at ease when you're taking that stuff home. Yeah. True. Definitely. Or, yeah, I come from born and raised in Colorado. So coming to this market was definitely a big change, but definitely since I've been here in the one year I've been here, it's definitely progressed a lot. And I'm really enjoying how much it's continuing to move forward. So, Tell us about what you guys do to keep, to make sure that uh, that your medicines are clean. Tell us about Oklahoma Medicine. So Oklahoma Medicine was started by Brian Gamble. Um, he's our founder. He uh, he's born and raised in Oklahoma. He started our company um, with the idea just really wanted to give clean medicine to the patients. Uh, he has a friend who had some skin conditions, and Brian came up with our flagship product that was actually our topical. And he used that for that. And then we had a couple other people that were using it for things like seizures and chronic pain. And then, so that was all before our company was started, before the medical market here. And then the medical market here, he realized that he had an opportunity with his topical to kind of start a company. And so we got our company going. Um, Brian's done a really good job in making sure that we have some of the most top-of-line equipment in our extraction facility because we do do our own extraction before we infuse our products. So we do, we start with a CO2 extraction with an Eden supercritical CO2 extraction. Um, the reason we chose that is because CO2 is very, very clean. It dissipates into the air almost as soon as it's pulled out of the machine. Um, it's not one of those gases that is super harmful. I mean, it is a little, like, if you're in a room with nothing but CO2, it's not good for you. But CO2 is used in soda production. It's in all the soda cans you drink. It's used in lots of pharmaceutical grade medical supplies so we try to get some of the cleanest possible extraction methods and so we have that and then we also have our cascade pure path distillation machine which is one of the most top of line of film distillation machines on the market uh it's amazing what that thing can do we're still tweaking it i haven't gotten really to play with it a whole lot but it's a crazy workhorse um on top of those two machines we really do try to do a really good job of sourcing clean material um and try to make sure that we're getting it from reputable growers that have test results for all their all their plants and all the different strains that they offer um yeah yeah so to ensure that our, that we get clean medicine we try to make sure that we start off with super clean material and keep it clean throughout well i know for one thing i use your product um, I use your um, skin. Um, what what is, is it? Salve, yeah. It is a yeah. topical, but it's it, anyway. I've had a skin condition for twenty years um, that never could clear it up, and clear now it's now it's cleared up after three <laughs> three months. <laughs> and you're just pissed you're, off yeah, that you like, really have that before. Are you, are you serious? We've had so many stories like that about our topicals. Um, I don't know if you ever heard about mange on dogs. Yeah. 
one of our, one of our friends had their dog had some really, really, really bad mange. And the doctors couldn't really cure it. No one could really properly diagnose it, and it would not get any better. And then randomly, they started putting a little bit of a topical on it, and eventually after two months, it all went away. Wow. Like, crazy weird story from a topical, yeah. Don't they normally, like... It's like a big. That's a. Oh yes, it's. I mean, it's a bad thing for a dog. I mean, because it can get really gnarly on a dog. Okay. Yeah, they're going to put the dog down. Yeah. 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 yeah, I was going to say it's like rabies or something, isn't it? I mean, it's it's not Uh, good. Skin disease. Yeah. Gosh, that's horrible. But anyway, that's crazy. That it. Yeah. Well, and that's the that that, that's the thing that yeah. I, I mean, like for someone like you that struggle with it, I mean, don't get me wrong. I, I love those, like those stories, like, because that's hope. That's awesome. But it's like, damn it. Are you kidding me that this yeah. has been sitting yeah. here for this long and I've been struggling with this for 20 years. But I mean, kudos. I love hearing stories like that because it's where the rubber meets the road because there's so much with a new market, you know, um, a new industry. There's. A lot of people throw snake oil stories and things like that. And I, you know, around a lot mm-hmm. that it works within five minutes and, you know, it's, you know, sure. it, within two days it's gone. And I love hearing stories, like, especially from someone, you know, like a friend like James, where the, the proof is in the pudding, where the rubber met the road and it's a tried yeah. and true product. I love hearing those stories. Well, I, I used to never even believe in topicals. I always thought they were gimmicks for the longest time, even when I worked in a dispensary in Denver, like I would sell some of the topical and I felt like I was pretty much ripping them off until I actually tried our topical. I had a really, really bad snowboarding injury in my shoulder where every night when I go to bed, I'd wake up three or four times throughout the night and because I couldn't sleep on it. But after using this, our topical for a month or two, I actually can sleep. It doesn't eliminate my pain, but it makes it bearable. So I can actually get some rest in the evening. Yeah, my wife, that was, she was, she was the one who I kind of had a similar experience. I kind of always thought it was, you know, like I said earlier, snake oil um, effects. And she, with carpal tunnel, um, she, I mean, for years, kind of like with James, struggled with it. And you started using a roll on. And she was like, no, I can actually tell a difference now after trying so many different creams. Mm hmm you know, Tylenol, aspirin, things like that. I mean, so it's, there's something to be said for it for sure. But I was definitely a, I was a hard convert. And there are different, I don't know what it is that you do different. And then you don't have to tell me, but, um, I've tried others and they didn't work. So, Oh yeah. That, that goes back to Brian and his research. So our topical is a beeswax day. So we'd put a lot of the different essential oils in there as well. So he's done a lot of research on, what works well with each other as far as the essential oils that we're adding and how they can really be medicinally beneficial for you and on your skin and transdermally help you. And so that just goes back to him really coming up with a really good product. Well, kudos to him. Yeah, dude, he killed it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, it's, uh, I'm glad that we've got you now. I'm glad that Oklahoma has their paws on you because it sounds like you guys are doing some awesome things. I, I, I was, I was mentioning to James earlier that I, I keep seeing, you know, Oklahoma med more and more places that I go into. Um, I'm so glad that I finally got to hear kind of a little bit of the back end on where things kind of started for you guys 
And it really does. Yeah. It kind of echoes what I've heard in the past, not just from James, but about what a great brand that you guys are. So great to, to meet you guys and kind of the uh, the man behind some of the mayhem. Hey, I love hearing that, Josh. Thank you very much. Um, it's really awesome just to be able to talk to you guys. I've listened to a few episodes, so it's cool. It's cool to actually be able to talk to the people I talk to or listen to, you know? <laughs> we appreciate that, man. It's awesome, man. Thank you. Yeah. Well, um, just want to wish everybody a, um, a happy Thanksgiving. And um, remember, remember to be thankful, you know? Yeah. Um, just... If, if anything, just take a few moments and be thankful for the people that are around you, your community that you have, and the people Even that love you. Even if you don't have people around you, just be thankful for being able to be here. There's so many yeah. people that aren't, so yeah. Exactly. So, hey, and if anyone... If anyone needs to hear these podcasts, anyone needs... Um, a good processor um, with good meds or anything like that, share the show, um, help somebody in need. If there's someone out there that needs something, put them in contact with the show. Or if there's someone that would love to share their story with us, please put them in contact with the show. Um, again, man, thank you so much for being on the show. James, I hope you have a great Thanksgiving. You'll be hearing from me. You'll be seeing me. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I may be peeking out the blinds going, what is that? James is going to be ready for that to go play. <laughs> That's right. Hey, but uh, everyone, I hope everyone has a great Thanksgiving. Please take care of uh, each other out there and stay medicated, folks, for sure. <laughs>